March 10th, just baseball, Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. Ready? We'll harmonize. I'll go low, you go high. You go high, okay? Okay. Three, two, one. Mailbag. Mailbag. There we go. That was kind of uh, good. Mailbag episode. That was pretty good. That was <laughs> velvety. Uh, yeah, we've got a mailbag today. It's going to be good. We got good questions on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for finding us on social at just BB Media on Twitter, at just baseball fans on Instagram, at just baseball show on Instagram, I think is where we posted that. We've got two. I can't keep them sorted out. Yeah, we got our big one, just baseball fans. That, that'll that keep you updated on the season. You know, um, every deal that comes out for agency stuff, it's more news based, while the just baseball show is more based for our podcast, based for questions like this for the mailbag for those people who you know follow the just baseball show rather than just the overall social media push of just baseball fans yeah 100 percent um i am in the marriott in downtown cleveland okay Ball state women's hoops two wins away from the ncaa tournament just took down uh northern illinois in the mac tournament quarterfinals they see the top dog the toledo rockets on friday in the semi 10 a.m tip-off what's this 10 a.m I don't know. You can you you could find out for me. I don't know. Does Ball, St- Ball um, State's got a good shot? I like to think so. Um, Toledo twenty one and four overall, nineteen and one in MAC play. They'll probably mm. get an at large bid even if they lose. Um, but Ball State lost to Toledo twice during the regular season by a combined six points. And you know what they say in college basketball: it's hard to beat a team three times in one year really hard to beat a team three times in one year but our Syracuse Orange they just beat Florida State and now they go play Duke by like 40. possibly without <laughs> Buddy Beheim, but they've also lost twice in road to Duke so you never know what's gonna happen you said why don't why don't you feel good for our alma mater they just 40 pieced Florida State and I said well the coach's kid just hit somebody in the dick like I don't he did hit I somebody don't sympathize with that yeah, I do like- I do hope that he's not suspended so we have some sort of a shot against Duke because if he is we're done we're just done. Let's let's read Buddy's statement real quick. He issued a statement, and it got the it got the Syracuse like graphic treatment. Um, let me find it. I'm scrolling. Here we go. Uh, quote: In the heat of today's game, after some shoving in the lane, I swung my arm while turning to go back up the court. It was wrong to act out in frustration. I apologized to Wyatt Wilkes multiple times in the handshake line. He said not to worry about it, but I know it was wrong. I pride myself in respecting the game and our opponent. I will not react that way again as there's a drive into deep left by Castellanos, and that'll make it a four to nothing ball game. He should have lied. He should have said it was a complete accident. So we have a shot against Duke. He basically yeah, just admitted I, that he did it on purpose I, and he's going to get suspended. I, 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 I don't think Buddy is, uh, yeah, I don't think Buddy's going to be playing against Duke. So we'll see. That's today. Uh, but we've got a mailbag today. We've got 11 questions, I want to say. We've got 11 questions, and they're all pretty good. There's, a, there's even pretty some good. Uh, college basketball questions in there. So our, our rant about it kind of does make sense, gives us some, you know, legitimacy that we somewhat know we're talking about you much better than I. 
Well, I've also got um, I, I found a college baseball one, too, that I'm excited to answer because I think a lot more people are getting into college baseball and mm-hmm. they might not necessarily know what the talent level is in college baseball. And I want to explain it because it's a different talent level than any level of professional baseball, obviously. But how different is it? Right. Because college is 18 to 22 year olds. You might have a 17 year old in low A. Right. So. Um, we'll kind of clarify what the overall talent level of college baseball looks like. But that's to come a little bit later. Let's jump in with the Twitter questions. Again, those came from just BB Media on Twitter. First one came from Mac Mandrew. Two players of interest for me are J.J. Blade and Cody Bellinger. Is Blade capable of playing in center field, or is the plan to have him play a corner outfield spot? What's the word, if any, on how healthy Bellinger is and thoughts about 2022 for him? Um, let's start with Bellinger, and then let's get to Blade. Yeah, it's funny. These are two completely different players. One is currently in the in uh, well. Last time we saw JJ Blade, he was in Double A for the Marlins, while Cody Bellinger is an MVP winner and is coming off a season where he hit one sixty five, like a forty five WRC plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably the worst offensive season we've seen from a superstar maybe ever. Like it was that that bad. Horrible. But it's funny. Yeah. When you look at Cody Bellinger's stats, he, just on the surface, they're terrible. But even the, I know, the expected stats, like his expected batting average, his expected slugging. Like, no, 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 no. Well, yes, horrible, but all horrible. So not only do I think that he was dealing with injuries and he had a terrible year, but he was also so unlucky. I don't think that he was, you know, a 165 batting average versus a 209 expected batting average. Like a 310 slugging versus like a 380. Like, it was bad, but... It wasn't expected, if that makes sense. But regardless of all the numbers, because that's a lot of hoopla, I think the point is he was dealing with a ton of injuries. We saw him better at the end of the season, and we saw him perform in the playoffs. I'm not ever going to expect MVP Bellinger to return, but I think that we'll get 85 to 90% of what Bellinger can bring to the table next year. So he was in the bottom 3% of baseball and expected batting average, right? Like that's, you know, that's the kind of guy we're looking at. He was literally bottom well, of the barrel in terms of batting average. So when yeah, you have an expected horrible. batting average of 209, yes, it's still in the bottom 3%, but it <laughs> does show horrible. that he got a little bit unlucky. That just bad so, ball data was not horrific because he was still like, what, 48th percentile on average exit velocity. He was still hitting the ball, but, you know, yeah, the injuries so, obviously hurt him. The health thing obviously hinders your ability to put hard contact on baseballs, right? Like put the good swing, make solid contact with the baseball. That That is hindrance number one. What is hindered next is your ability to connect with pitches at all. He was in the 17th percentile in whiff rate. So he was in the bottom fifth in the league in terms of swinging and missing. He did a lot. Uh, now here's something that is not hindered by injury and should actually probably get better if you don't feel 100% with your swing. That's chase rate. He mm-hmm. was in the bottom quarter of the league in terms of chasing pitches. So he was so mentally off this past year because of what was happening physically that it all just kind of cascaded on him. Uh, and here's to hoping that he had a phenomenal offseason because this guy, when he's right, oh my God. Like some people hate Bellinger's swing. I could watch Cody Bellinger swing on repeat for hours and hours and hours. 
And I feel the most underrated aspect of Bellinger's game is not even at the plate, it's in the field. I mean, this guy's a gold glove caliber level center fielder. And he was, I, I don't know if he was originally a first baseman, but he I broke remember him coming up. Yeah, he was a first baseman. I know they knew he could play outfield, but he's so freakishly athletic and he's so talented that they put him in center and now he's gold glove level caliber. This guy has crazy speed. That's the thing, again, with Bellinger. These amazing athletes, similar to Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman can't unlock. Christian Yelich, they can't unlock when their back is screwed up, when their hip is screwed up. They can't sit in that back hip and drive the baseball. Same thing happened with Cody Bellinger. He's just unable to drive the baseball, and it all spiraled in a terrible, terrible direction. But again, the playoffs, he looked better. Uh, We're expecting a bounce back. Hot and cold, J.J. Bladé. He was amazing at Vandy. He was drafted in the top 10 by the Marlins, and then he didn't look good for a long stretch, and people were like, is it time to jump off the Bladé bandwagon? And then he comes out guns blazing at the tail end of the minor league season, and then didn't he have a tremendous Arizona Fall League? And now he looks like Adonis. Annihilated Arizona Fall League pitching. He's 24, though, and again, the question was, do you see him playing in center and I think that's a really good question and I asked Aram because you know we've seen his bat but I don't necessarily know about him a ton in the field but and everywhere he's listed as a center fielder but Aram said he's does he's a corner outfield guy and that's how he should be viewed upon as a corner outfield guy do you agree yes so the Cape League um, the Cape Cod Baseball League awards Cape League MVP and best pro prospect in 2017 Griffin Conine won Best Pro Prospect out on the Cape. In 2018, J.J. Bladé won Best Pro Prospect out on the Cape. And I was out there summer of 2018. And seeing J.J. Bladé, I think I saw him 18 times that year, um, Bladé is a right fielder. He's a very talented right fielder. If you put him in center, he's going to be like, meh. It's, it's a lot like Jason Hayward, um, but a little bit down defensively. Yeah, you no, you yeah, open yeah. your eyes like <laughs> yeah. that. But like, we know that Jason Hayward could have been a, a very solid center fielder, but he was a gold glover, best defensive right fielder in the game when he was in Mookie right Betts. Mookie Betts, another Mookie one Betts. of those guys. He can play center, but he's you're unlocking everything there in right field. That's what Blade is. Like, Blade, um, I don't know if Burdick's a center fielder or not. Like, I think Burdick's another corner outfield guy. Um, but like Bladé, yeah, he'll be a fine center fielder, but he'll be a good right fielder. He's not Jason Hayward. I, I, I was just saying that for like, um, a comparison. I'm not saying, you know, like he is Jason I do, Hayward. I right totally field, understand but, what you're saying. Cause it's so hard to compare anyone in baseball history to Jason Hayward just because of what he looks defensively. like. Defensively. Yeah. And right, defensively. I mean, I mean, he's just a freak of nature. I mean, six, five, two thirty, glides like Byron Buxton out there. I mean, <laughs> He's like every linebacker commit to Alabama over the last five years. Like, that's the five-star guy. Also, if you're watching yeah, on YouTube, say hi to my roommate and grad assistant, Tommy. Big win for Ball State hey, Tommy. Women's Hoops. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Plain white t-shirt. Gotta love it. I'm just thinking about I'm just thinking about more Jason Hayward stuff. God, I wish he was good. I wish he was good. Well, he was really good. I wish he was good for longer, um, especially being in Chicago. But, yeah, like, Blade. That, that's where I'll leave that answer. He would be a fine center fielder. He would be a good right fielder. And like, oh my God, the bat, I'm all the way bought in there. You are all the way bought in? Oh yeah, dude. I, wow. Like that dude, 
loud contact. The crack sounds different. Because the double-A numbers don't stack up, but it was probably just a bad season because we saw what he could do in the Arizona Folly. We saw what he could do in the Cape, and we saw what he could do at Vandy. So he's got it in him. Yeah. Next one from Officially Jace on Twitter. Red's question, as always. Thank you, Jace. Uh, Do you think it'd be better for them to bring back Nick Castellanos or sign Chris Bryant for versatility and left-handed pitching um, hitting production and left-handed pitching hitting production. So good hitters against left-handed pitchers. Also, do you think Nick Castellanos commands the same or more free agent money than Chris Bryant would? That's a, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it's a loaded question, but it's a really good question. Um, let's start by just simplifying it down, like boiling it down and reducing it. Um, who do you think commands more in the market, Castellanos or Bryant? kind of think they're going to get a very similar type contract. If I think one had both to get 10 get million a... bucks more. I think they're very similar, Probably but I think Chris one... Bryant. Oh, I think Castellanos. Aren't they both Castellanos, fours, guys? Castellanos hit 310 with 34 home runs last year and 100 RBIs. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Playing in Cincinnati. And, so. and Bryant has done that before, but he hasn't done it in like five years. I know. But Brian's positional versatility, that the fact that he could go play, you know, third base, he could play outfield. Brian well, Nick Castellanos. Castellanos plays yeah, zero. He plays zero. That's the thing <laughs> as well. Half a position. So, yeah. It, it, but the thing is, it's like, who would I rather have on my team next year? It's such a tough decision. But just to touch on the lefty righty stuff, Chris Bryant is is the guy who can hit lefties. But Nick Castellanos hit 306 against lefties. Like, he was the only player on that Reds team who could hit a left-handed starter. He's the only one. That was the ultimate fade last year. When the Reds are facing a lefty, you fade the hell out of them. They just cannot hit as a team. So Nick Castellanos was not the problem when it comes to lefty-righty splits. I feel like we just got to choose who do you think would be the best fit. The problem is... I don't think either of these guys are going to sign with the Reds, and I don't think the Reds want either of these two guys or have the money to sign either of these two guys. Well, they do. They do have the money. We (laughs) talked about that before, but they probably won't use it on Castellanos or Bryant. And and Castellani was uh, Castellani. I I don't know how to say his last name. Um, Castellini. Castellini? Is that right? I thought it was an A instead of an I. Like 85% positive, honestly. Who cares? I don't know. All all we know is he's a broke (laughs) bitch compared to all the other uh, (laughs) owners, right? So um, worth like a billion and five. Like, what a loser. <laughs> no, he's only worth like 400, 400 million Oh, yeah, bucks. true, true. He's only, yeah. Broke. But he was he was one of the four guys that was publicly outspoken. Like, I don't want the CBT going above 210. So, I don't want the CBT you know going what? above eight bucks. Middle finger to you, Bob, whatever your name is. Uh, and he's probably not going to sign either. I think if Cincinnati were to sign one of them, Castellanos makes the most sense. He was already there. Um, yeah. And he's a thumper. He is a thumper. And he, yeah, to your point, you know, 362 on base percentage, 576 slugging. He just, he crushes baseballs. God, but he sucks at defense. (laughs) So you'd, on your team, let's say, cut out the Reds for a second. Chris Bryant. You would rather have Chris Bryant. Okay. So would I. That's why I was saying who might get 10 million. I'd rather probably take Chris Bryant. But Castellanos is the better bat. And I think the objectively better bat. He's the better bat. Probably. I'd like to see what Nick Castellanos does. You know, because remember, Nick Castellanos, before coming over to the Reds, you know, between Detroit and 
Houston, you know, Chicago right? Cubs. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, 26 home runs, 23 home runs, 11 home runs. He was good in Detroit. He was good in Detroit and Chicago. Yeah, he was good. He was a he was a 25 to 30 home run guy. Then he hit 34 and 100 in Cincinnati. But he also hit 14 in 2020. But he hit 225 in 2020. There's just a lot of things going on in with Nick Castellanos. Yeah, what did I say? In tw- yeah, 14 in 2020. The equivalent to 30 in 2020 is 11. That means he hit like the equivalent to 35 bombs in 2020. Um, next one, last one from Twitter, uh, from D Hills. For the next three years, who is going to win the MVP in the American League and the National League? Before we answer this question, I just want to say that his profile picture is a photo of Juan Soto. Uh, so it feels like he's baiting us. Sometimes <laughs> people like... ask questions. They just want to hear us tell them what they want to hear. Juan Soto is probably going to win the MVP for the next three years, or maybe Fernando <laughs> Tatis Jr. I feel like we ask, answer this question every single time, but I, I got to admit, I do love talking about it. It is fun. Yeah, quick. Give me three guys each league you think can win the MVP in the next three years. Juan Soto, Tatis, Acuna in the National League. Yeah. In the American League, Vladdy, Trout, and Shohei. Yes. If I had to add one more in the American League, is it Luis Robert or Kyle Tucker? Yes. I mean, all these Probably guys can easily, yeah. like, we could go through 10 to 12 guys in each league who could realistically win MVP. Yeah, 100%. Wander Franco in the American League, Wander too. Wander Franco. Um, Aaron you think Judge the could win so the MVP. Aaron Judge, Judge could win, win the MVP. MVP. DJ LeMahieu could win the MVP. I don't know about uh, DJ what, LeMahieu. <laughs> what team is Brock Holt on? He could win it. <laughs> is he on the Rangers still? No, I think I don't he's know. How about Shogo Hakiyama in the National League? Yeah, uh, for Absolutely. all you Reds folk. Officially, Seo Suzuki when he comes over. Yeah, why not, right? It's going to be uh, awesome. First question from Instagram here. This is from Rye underscore Pevs. And this is the question that I was excited for. What level of the minors is college baseball equivalent to? So a lot of people are getting into college baseball right now because that is the only baseball going on. Usually you have spring training baseball you know, being well underway by now. And you can tune in to see all the prospects and all that. Minor league baseball gets going on April 5th. That's AAA's opening day. Um, the rest of the leagues, I think, open April 9th, 9th or 10th. We have no idea when Major League Baseball is going to start. Hopefully there's this weird lockout uh, end uh, all of a sudden. I Things are picking up steam and falling away quickly. And I think it was like the first time we had the chair ripped out from under us that I just I kind of lost all emotional connection to the state of this lockout. I'm like, OK, yeah, I'm probably not going to get out of it, but we'll see. Um, but a lot of people are watching college baseball for the first time. And I think a lot of people are going to, um, really enjoy watching college baseball through the college world series in Omaha. So if we can contextualize it at all, let's do it. Your eye, let's say, because like Northeast college baseball obviously Mm -hmm. is not close to anything in the professional ranks. But if you were to watch, um, like Texas play Vanderbilt. What level do you think that's equivalent to? I think that's equivalent to high A or double A baseball. Uh, that's where I'll push back. I think it's low A. I think it might be well, low when A. When you're talking Texas versus Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's I, I I was thinking high A. I mean, there are probably eight or so prospects who could be competing in double A right now. If you, if you pit Correct. Vanderbilt versus Texas. And then the rest of them... You know, there's some guys who will never make it, and there's some guys who could compete in low A. 
So that's right. why I think that's why I kind of come to the high A because there are the best major league are prospects. Yeah, exactly. No, the best players right. are like double A guys at time. Like like Tanner Witt and the, these guys, Ivan Melendez. There are yeah. Kennedy. There are players on each team. Dom Keegan, you know Carter Young. There are guys on each roster that are big leaguers right. and could right. be playing at a double A level right now. But double A is pretty freaking good. Double yeah, A is so- pretty freaking good. Right. I, I would say that that was a little aggressive. I'd say, you know, the best players are the probably the ones that will, like, debut in high A a little bit mm-hmm. later on this summer. Um, I think if you were watching, like, two of the top ten teams in the country, that's probably equivalent to low A baseball. Maybe even – it's probably a step above rookie ball and a step below low A because you got to factor in the drop-off between the best players in college baseball and the players that aren't seeing the field – is way bigger. Like the players that are not playing every day for Vanderbilt do not sniff a minor league roster because the best Absolutely. players for Vanderbilt of years prior are the ones that make up minor league rosters. So think about it that way, right? Like you watch college basketball and you always have the conversation like, oh, could Gonzaga beat the Oklahoma City Thunder? Absolutely not. They'd lose Never. by 45. Um, get murked. Right, so you say, can Texas beat the Pittsburgh Pirates? Absolutely not. They lose ten nothing. It'd be mercy rule. But could Texas compete with the Tampa Tarpons, who are the low A affiliate of the New York Yankees? Possibly, it might be a game. Yeah, I would probably still set the line at like Tampa by a run and a half. But. you know, top flight college baseball is probably the equivalent to low A baseball. The talent is really good. And like you watched Jack Leiter last year, that's a guy that's going to debut in double A. He shouldn't be that's, debuting in high A. That's the thing. I'm watching Texas's pitching right now, seeing right. how I'm looking at three pro arms. We just were talking right. about on not gambling advice when we did college baseball betting preview and we ranked all those guys. Like they have three pro arms right now, all guys who I think if the, they were thrown into a double A situation that they would compete and then they're only going to get better as well. So you're totally right. The top-end talent, possibly high A. I think I went too much with double A. Possibly high A, but more than likely it's between low A and high A on the on the best side. So the way I encourage you to watch college baseball, um, if you pick a favorite team, do it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you like watching an individual, make that individual appointment television. So like yeah. I have absolutely loved watching Hunter Barco throw at Florida this year. I think Hunter Barco is amazing. I think he's an electric arm. So every Friday night that Florida plays, I'm ready to either watch that game live or watch it on replay because I want to see Hunter Barco throw. So if you watch a guy and you're like, damn, he's sick, go hunt his stuff. And if you like a kid on Oregon State, I know you do, go watch Oregon State baseball to watch that kid. A lot of people did that with Nick Madrigal at Oregon State. Tons of people did that with Dansby Swanson at Vandy and Alex Bregman at LSU that same year, right? You hunt the guys that are going to go first round. Vandy, their viewership numbers went up when Leiter and Kumar Rocker were on the mound last year. Simple as that. Simple as that. Uh, Next one, second one from Instagram. This is from Cy.Ingersoll. Who's an unexpected prospect you think will make the opening day roster once the lockout ends for their respective teams? That's a good question. Um, it's hard because, you know, you could you could go pick out the guy that nobody knows. 
Um, and you could say, yeah, this guy's going to make it because he's 26 years old and he, you know, has only played like 10 games at the big league level, but he'll likely be on there because of positional depth and all that. I'm just thinking guys that have the opportunity to break camp that are going to be good right away. And like, yeah, we could talk about Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez, but we've already talked about all those guys. So maybe somebody down the rung that you're really excited to watch contribute. See, I know we're not talking about um, the big name guys, so I'm not going to talk about Bobby Witt. But the reason why I'm bringing up Bobby Witt is because the Kansas City Royals, and that's not even my answer, but I'm saying the Kansas City Royals have a propensity to not really care about service manipulation time. They bring they up just their do players when they're ready. And I think the most ready prospect, maybe besides Bobby Wood Jr., is MJ Melendez. I think MJ Melendez will be on the opening day roster for the Kansas City Royals. I think they're going to use Salvi in the DH a lot, and they're going to give this kid who hit 41 home runs in the minor leagues last year an opportunity to shine with these Royals right now. I don't think we're going to see Nick Prado that early. Maybe Bobby Witt doesn't even make it, but I actually think MJ Melendez is that guy. I love that. I, I do. I really like that. I think Melendez could be a guy that, that debuts, that breaks camp right away. What does he have left to prove? He hit 41 fucking jacks last year. Yeah, he doesn't like, have anything left to prove. Um, in AAA, right? Problem is, it was in AAA. It was in AAA. It was in yeah. AA and AAA, yeah. Sal Perez, like if he's the opening day catcher, Melendez isn't gonna you know play on opening day. Or maybe I he's see... the DH, bro. They like they don't have any Possibly. better hitters on their team than MJ Melendez currently right now. What do you mean, bro? Alberto Mondesi's on the team. He's such a good fantasy player. We were talking Nicky about Lopez. Him he's like got as well. <laughs> no, but you Lopez. know what I'm saying though. MJ Melendez yeah. would be one of the best hitter, probably the five hitter on the Royals in 2022. I, I'm not pushing against you. I'm so here for that. I'm just Um, getting angry for no reason. (laughs) I do want to highlight the Reds real quick because I think the Reds could have a bunch of guys that break break camp. Alejo Lopez is a guy that could be really good. Um, Jose Barrero, I think, is like he should be the opening day shortstop. Agreed. He was up there. He he has done what he has had to do at the AAA level, just like MJ Melendez. Um, He's had a taste. He was unsuccessful. He went back down. He had a taste at the very end last year, and he was fine. Um, I wouldn't rule out Hunter Green opening with the Rays Mm. or with the Reds. Um, Green was in AAA. Here's the deal. If he's sitting there in spring training and he's throwing 103 miles an hour, like there's yeah. no point. You gotta put there's him no in the point. bullpen. You gotta put him in the bullpen. You have to right. do something. Yeah. Do the crochet I think thing. Will. Yeah. That's a good one. I think Hunter That's Green cool. should just like make it. He's still so raw though. His off speed is still so raw. But you're right. If he's throwing 103, that plays. 103. That plays. <laughs> the yeah, Reds I need mean, him. That plays. <laughs> What happened with Aroldis Chapman? He didn't even have, like, the slider or the splitter or anything when he first came up. It was just, let's see how hard you can throw. But, well, first, they were trying Chapman as a starter early on. They were, and then they turned him into a closer. But it was just so clear that Chapman was the reliever. It seemed as if for me, even coming up. I mean, I remember watching him early on. My dad and I went on a trip, and we went to Wrigley. We went to Great American Ballpark, and I saw Chapman in a Reds uniform. And... It was just so evident that he was a closer from the get-go. You know, how his mechanics, you know, the long, lanky, big movements, he's got to be a reliever. There's no way he can repeat that. Well, on the other side with Hunter Green, he's the guy who I think they really want to make a starter. And 
I don't know if they're immediately going to just put him in the rotation like that. But yeah. you're right. If we're talking about 103, it's 103. Right. But then again, like Luke another... Little throws 105 for the Cubs. I don't, I don't know where he's going to be. Can I throw you one more name in the NL Central before we move on? Of course you can. I think Libby should break camp with the Cardinals. Absolutely. That's the best one. Besides mine. But that was the first one. That's the one. That is one. They need him now. Because how much worse is he going to be than Steven Matz next year? Eh, that's, uh, that's worse. Yeah, that's but like far. Michaelis, right? You're yeah. looking for a fifth starter. Why are you still hounding a dry free agent market? If you're not going to go get Rodon and you're looking for a left-handed starter, you probably have the second or third best behind Kershaw. You probably have the third best free agent lefty still available right now, and he's in AAA. He's on your team. Like, don't worry about it. Go get Libby. He's mature um, enough. He's done all he needs to do. He's proved what he, he needs to prove. He throws strikes. He throws 95, too. It's no problem. Um, okay. Next one is from S. Kravitz13. Are the Dodgers still the favorites, or is it someone else? This is a very simple yes or no. I don't think it is simple yes or no. I think it is. You think the Dodgers are the favorites still? No. Hmm. I'd take the field. I would also take the field, and I think it has to do still with their starting rotation. Remember, you're losing Kershaw. We still don't know what's going to happen with Bauer. Are you losing Kershaw? Like, I don't know. I think they will lose Kershaw. I think Kershaw is going to be a Texas Ranger. Yeah. Do you want me to breathe one more time? Here, I'll get closer. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... It, it's... <laughs> You know, they lost Trey or no, they didn't lose Trey Turner. They lost Corey Seager. You know, you lost Max Scherzer. This is not the same team. It's still the Dodgers. They're still gonna be amazing. Probably thirty minutes after the lockout is over, they're probably gonna sign Freddie Freeman. Um If they sign Freeman, it's the Dodgers. Like it's the if, Dodgers. if they don't, it's the field. But I gotta say, man, the Astros the Astros are so, so good. I don't even care if they lose Carlos Correa, because Jeremy Payne is gonna fill in it short. Their offense is the best in baseball, and their pitching staff with Verlander back and McCullers and Luis Garcia and Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Urquidy. <laughs> yeah. and, Urquidy's not And then their bullpen is great. Presley's one of the best back-end options, and they have a great head coach. And Dusty Manager. Baker. Yeah, manager. Uh, when, I was in, when I was in Auburn, uh, short season A-ball, I – First uh, manager interview, because you do, for radio, you, you talk to the manager every day pregame. Um, and I'm, I'm recording, you know, I hit record on my phone. I say, uh, joined now by the head coach of the Auburn Double Days, Rocket Wheeler. And he puts his hand on my phone. He says, I'm going to stop you right there, young blood. And I said, what, do you, what did I do? And he said, I'm the manager of this team. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, stop I don't you know. right there, young blood. <laughs> He, he Rocket, old man. So Rocket Wheeler, lifetime minor league manager. The guy is a freaking legend. Ralph Wheeler, nicknamed Rocket. Rocket Wheeler named his kid Missile. How awesome is that? Missile. I'm telling you, Rocket Wheeler. And Missile Freak. Wheeler. Missile. Rocket and Missile Wheeler. Um, uh, next question. Let's do it. Who has a higher chance to win a chip in the next five years the jays or the mariners that was asked by evan stevens 89 on such instagram a good question such a good question because i think there's a legit shot that they both could win a championship in the next five years yeah 
Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Blue Jays because I think the Blue Jays, oh, God, the Mariners' farm system is just so freaking loaded. But the Blue Jays, all of their young talent, like the Bobachets, the Vladimir Guerrero Juniors, you know, even the Alec Manoas of the world, they're all still young too. You know, technically they're not prospects, but they're still really young and they're all going to be within their primes in the next five years. I would say the Blue Jays have a better shot because also the Mariners got to keep trying to beat up on those Astros. That's going to be a tough challenge. But then again, in the AL East, Jays it's a really are in tough the, challenge. Yeah, it's the a really tough Jays challenge. Jays are too. in the hardest division in baseball. Yeah, so it's, it's really tough on either side, but I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Blue Jays. I think if you gave the Blue Jays a five-year window and you gave the Mariners an eight-year window, I think they win the same number of titles, which Agreed. might be zero. Like, I, I have no I'm idea zero. there, but I, I feel Could better be about... <laughs> yeah. I feel better about the long-term development of the Seattle Mariners because you're right. Like the players that the Blue Jays have are more advanced in their baseball career now than what the Mariners have because the guys that we're really excited about with Seattle, who are they? Julio Rodriguez, how many MLB games has he played? Exactly. Zero. George Kirby, how many games has he played? Zero. Exactly. Right? So no LV Marte, zero. Matt Brash, zero. <laughs> Emerson Hank, zero. We can keep right. going. Exactly keeps going yeah and and we love them because of the depth that they have and what's going on there but here's the deal you've got kevin gosman for five more years of control you have jose barrios for seven more years of control you've got five more years of alec Manoa. you've got five more years of nate pearson you're obviously going to sign vladdy jr to an extension you've got four more years of bichette you'll probably sign him too You've got Teoscar Hernandez playing at all-star silver slugger caliber right now. You've got mm-hmm. George Springer for four more years. You've mm-hmm. got Lourdes Gurriel. Like, they've got everything. And then you've got Moreno coming up probably this year. Exactly. I think the Jays are, are more too. primed. And yeah. they have so many trade chips. You know, they have so many trade chips within their farm system that they could go out. And that's why all the noise has been is Jose Ramirez is going to go to the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays could realistically make a trade for Jose Ramirez. Will it happen? Most likely it will not. But when you put him through the mock trade proposal machine, I mean, that thing sucks. But even when you try and make him on your own, it makes sense. And the Mariners are a team like that too, but the Blue Jays aren't that far off. And their bullpen's sneaky going to be good next year. Jordan Romano is really good, and Julian Merriweather is also really good. Love Merriweather. He's just 99 cheese. Cheese. Shout out Merriweather. Next one. This is from Enam. E-N-A-A-M-M-2-1 on Instagram. What do you think the first major move is going to be for any team post-lockout? I want to rephrase this. Who do you think the first free agent is to go? And do you think there's a major trade made in the 48 hours prior or uh, after the uh, after the lockout ends? So it's funny. Jim Bowden wrote an article today on The Athletic detailing, today. Today, detailing the seven moves that he thinks are going to come up quick. And his first one was Freddie Freeman. And apparently there's an unconfirmed report that the Braves have offered him five years and Freddie is holding out for a sixth. My guess is they've been under the table talking I think he's going to either sign with the Braves immediately or he's going to sign with the Dodgers immediately. Or I've even heard the Rays have put their hat into the bucket. He could sign with the Yankees. I think Freddie Freeman is the first guy to go off the board. If Freddie Freeman signs with the Rays... 
Dude, they put in an offer for him. I love that from them. They just re-signed their big star in Wander Franco. Not re-signed. They extended their star in Wander Franco. And now they're really making moves. Like, this is a team that can win. Well, first of all, they don't even need Freddie to win. But if you look at their one hole, like, first base is kind of that hole. And you if don't you're like going to legitimize Diaz? I mean, Yandy Diaz is going to play third. I don't like Yandy Diaz. You don't like Yandy Diaz? No, wait. No he Wendell. some strong line drives. Yeah. That's what I know about Yandy Diaz. Strong line drives. Love it. Um, I'm going to say Correa happens quickly, actually. Mm. Maybe. Not out of the realm of possibility. I just think his he's going to be the $300 million man. And 350. We'll see. Is that going to be immediate? I think it could be. Um, that's that's the thing. If it happens too quickly, then it's going to be super suspicious, right? And people are going to look at tampering, and and we'll have all that going down. It's that's like why I think um, Freddie makes sense, especially if it's the Braves. It'll just be like, oh yeah, duh. He's just waiting. Yeah, it could be. Um, It'd be nice. Like, I just don't know what kind of communication people had on, on November 29 and December 1. You know what I mean? So I can see we'll Carlos see Rodon happens. going quickly, too. The free agent market starting pitching. He's probably the number one arm still left available. Seems like the medicals yeah. have cleared. You know, even in that same article, Jim Bowden, he cited Rodon's issues as fatigue at the end of the year, not a potential arm injury that will, you know, take him into 2022. So I think that yeah. he's going to sign pretty quickly as well. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, question number nine. My friend at Tiago Gomez 2 and I are going on a cross-country road trip the next few months. If MLB games are not played, what minor league and college stadiums and teams do you think we should see? That's from Nick Faber on Instagram. First of all, Nick, that is freaking awesome. Like, that is awesome. I'm so jealous that you're just, like, picking up and going around America looking for some some ballparks and all that. And I'd say, to be totally honest – even if Major League Baseball is happening, you should still go to some minor league parks and some college parks. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. But they got to get fun. on that now because the college, the college season is already uh, in full swing and minor leagues start yeah. up very soon. They got to get on it now. Um, we don't know where they're starting, but let's work, uh, let's work east to west. Some okay. of your favorite non-MLB ballparks, what do you like on the east coast? At LSU, they have a great stadium. Vanderbilt's hard to beat. Yeah. Um, those are the two that come to my mind, at least for college. What about minor leagues for you? So a couple more to add to college. Alex Box Stadium in Baton Rouge is, I, I've heard, amazing. Like, holy smokes. Um, Starkville, Mississippi, I heard is absolutely nuts. And then College Station, Texas. That's where they do mm-hmm. the ball five, ball six. Um, so that's Texas A&M and Mississippi State. If you can get down to Starkville, Mississippi, or College Station, Texas, highly recommend doing so. Like, wow, dude. Wow. I'm going to Oxford, Mississippi to see Ole Miss take on Oral Roberts this weekend. So I'll be down there, too, if you're down there. Yeah, that's exciting. You're going to see uh, Wes Burton throw. Ole Miss is so good. And they're facing, you know, our boy Dustin Demeter. He's going to hit third in the lineup going up against Wes Burton. He's going to kill him. (laughs) <laughs> good he better dustin uh this is a call out to you um minor league parks i'd say on the east coast brooklyn uh malamonis park i want to say that's the one right on coney island 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard Brooklyn is absolutely phenomenal, so mm-hmm. highly recommend going to do that. Um, there are a couple others that I've heard good things about. Uh, not Syracuse, uh, not Rochester, Buffalo. Um, I'm trying to work down. Oh, Charlotte is a gem. Charlotte is an absolute gem of a AAA park. That's the AAA affiliate of the White Sox, uh, the Charlotte Knights. That's that's a crazy cool ballpark. Um, Durham, the Durham Bulls, the AAA affiliate of the Rays. Um, they have an insane baseball complex. Uh, and then there are a couple of, like Nashville has a really nice minor league ballpark, AAA park. Um, Indianapolis has a good one. Fort Wayne, I just spent a summer in Fort Wayne. Parkview Field is absolutely amazing. So that's that. We're looking out west now. You got any uh, good ones? Jackie Robinson Field, UCLA, you ever been there? Yeah, I mean, that one's a great one. I love UCSB. I mean, if you're down in Santa Barbara, that's a great field too. Down in San Diego, a lot of those colleges are great as well. Um, And even as you go north, you know, the Cal States, they aren't the – they don't have the greatest facilities, but you're seeing really good baseball there at Cal State Long Beach, Cal State Fullerton. There's a lot of really good baseball in California, which just voted the best state, I think, for – for college baseball um so you could just go up along the pch the pacific coast highway take that gorgeous drive and then just hop off the freeway and hit a bunch of games along the west coast at least on the college front yeah double a affiliate of the texas rangers is the frisco rough riders that that park in frisco texas is awesome that's just north of dallas um i've heard good things about amarillo heard good things about corpus christi um so think about those types of places and then i'm i'm looking out west too i guess uh uh, a lot of those Cal leagues in the minor league parks are, are good. Arizona State has a very nice ballpark. Get down to Tucson. That's a pretty good team. Susac is there, and, and they kind of hit the ball. Um, <laughs> they do really thinking, hit the ball. They do kind of hit they the ball. They really hit the ball. Also, if you haven't seen photos of BYU's baseball field, oh, Gorgeous. my God, you should go to BYU. Mountains Looks in like the background. Heaven. And then if, if you're going all the way up to California, you can hit Stanford. You can watch Brock Jones play baseball, Oof. who and he also plays football. Uh, but Stanford is my favorite campus on the face of the earth. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And then to wrap it all up, College World Series starts on June 16th in Omaha, Nebraska. We went last year. The Ameritrade. Freaking awesome. Made me fall in love with college baseball, which is being in that environment. Because I always watched it, but that made me fall in love with it, that experience. So if you have an opportunity in the middle of June in Omaha, Nebraska, you're going to fall in love with some baseball. Yeah, I went when uh, when the rotation for Florida was Fiedo, Singer, Coar, and India was the third baseman for Florida when they won the Natty. Um, and then Brendan McKay won the Golden Spikes at Louisville. That's when I got out to Omaha to see to see the uh, the teams at TD Ameritrade and like. That was so cool, and it feels like a big league ballpark watching college baseball, and LSU travels so well. Like, all these Deep South college fan bases travel so well everywhere they go, and Omaha is the mecca of college baseball. So if you can get to Omaha at the end of June, highly, highly, highly recommend. Absolutely. Uh, Next one, second to last one, and we're, uh, we're off the baseball train now. Who do you guys have winning March Madness? This is from Aiden Penner on Instagram. Peter, what do you think? Um, hard to pick against Duke. I think Paolo Bancaro is – I was just watching him play the other day. He is an NBA player already. Correct. So is Jabari Smith for Auburn. You know, this is so tough. I don't really have a strong pulse yet because I think Gonzaga is a great team. They're currently number one, but 
I don't think they're going to win the national championship. I think Arizona has problems. I just think every team has their problems. I don't think that there is a one team that is a definitive, oh yeah, we got to jump on that team to win it all. This is going to be a great March Madness. If you put a gun to my head, I'm going to go with Duke in Coach K's last year. Wow, how about that? Okay, um, I'm going to give you three teams that aren't Duke. Uh, you can't watch Gonzaga this week, this weekend, um, because they already won the West Coast Conference Tournament. you still out on Chet Holmgren? Because he is averaging 3.6 blocks per game, and yeah. he looks like an <laughs> NBA prospect if he can just... But he's not like a... He's not this wing guy. Like I, I feel like people were trying to call him Paul George or Kevin Durant or any of any of these guys, but he's a seven foot big. He just needs to get bigger. What are you standing I'm up stand, for? I'm standing up and I'm keeled down because I've tried so freaking hard to figure out more reasons why I don't like Chet Holmgren as an NBA guy, and I can't figure them out. Like I just think he's too skinny. And then he's what does so he do good defensively? Yeah, so like what does he do? He leads, I think he's one of the national leaders in block shots. He was the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. He led the West Coast Conference in three-point percentage. So you've got a guy that can run the floor, run point for your team. He is seven foot. He's skinny as shit. That's the one knock. But he's your leading shot blocker, and he's the best three-point shooter in the conference. Like, there's nothing you can do about Chet Holmgren. And I know I just compared him to this player, which he is not, but... The number two pick after Greg Oden was Kevin Durant out of the University of Texas. What was yeah. the calling card? Couldn't bench 185. He's too skinny. Right. Won't make it in this league. And now he's possibly the greatest scorer, just pure scorer in NBA history. Not better than Jordan. And LeBron is the most points of all time. Nobody puts LeBron in, in greatest scorers of all time conversation, but I'm going to. He's, he's in there. They should. But they should. Chem, Chet Holmgren has all the intangibles. And you watch postgame pressers. Seems like a really great kid as well. You know, he, he learned from Mark Few. A lot of those Gonzaga guys have been working. I mean, not a ton, actually. Like, Rui Hachimura. No, Sabonis. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been Sabonis, some success Hachimura. there. My thing yeah. is, do you draft him number one? That's scary, because in this right. draft, you have it's loaded. I think it is a need-based number one pick, because I think you have four guys that are worthy of going 1-1, one, one, um, especially last year. Like, I think any of the four guys can be as good as Cade Cunningham was last year. Uh, in the draft process, Cade went 1-1. I think Chet Holmgren um, could be if you need somebody like Chet, and I feel like everybody needs a unicorn, right? Paolo Boncaro if you need a 3-4. Um, so Jabari good. Smith if you need a 3-4. Jabari Smith and then I think so good. if you need a guard, Jaden Ivey is as good. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Ivey with Purdue. A um, class. But getting back to Aiden's question about the national title. So you yeah. said Duke. <laughs> Um, Gonzaga, like Chet is so freaking good. I think Andrew Nemhard's the best point guard in the country. And then Drew Timmy is really, really good. Um, and he's only a junior. That guy's been in college for 10 years. He's the new Christian Leitner. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's a really good pick because Oscar Shibwe, while he's not number one overall pick, I think he's the best player in the country. Like he's mm. leading the country in rebounds. He's, he's a walking 27 points and 15 boards. Which is nuts. And then they have enough talent, Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, to compliment him. Um, and then my other one is Arizona. Like, they work so freaking quickly. And that new head coach, he's in his first year, Tommy Lloyd, was the lead assistant under Mark Few for a while. And he was mm-hmm. the one that got all the international guys. Sabonis from Lithuania, Hachimura from Japan. Um, you know, list keeps going on. You got all the Australians coming in as well. He's got him. He's got Tubelis. He's got Coloco. He's got Umar Balo that he brought from Gonzaga. He's got Ben Matherin, who's a top five pick. So 
Uh, Arizona, Kentucky, Gonzaga are the three that I think could legitimately win the national title. Would you put Duke in if you if you were forced not to say it because I was? Or is Duke not in your top three? They're not in my top three. Interesting. I think those three are my top three. I think if I had to put them in order, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona. Also a team we haven't mentioned yet. Kansas is really good. Um, they are, what, are they not good? <laughs> they are really good. I don't good. know. Abaji's really good. Like, Abaji's, like, player of the year type. But aside from that, I don't know. Well, we'll see. It's hard. Um, pop culture question on you to end of the pod. Uh, this question was asked from our friend, Ben Bellotti. <laughs> He said, now that Euphoria is done, what TV show is Jack watching? Before I answer, uh, what are you watching? Are you watching anything? We're in a lockout still. Um, I watched the Kanye doc, which was great. Um, Watching a lot of college baseball. So now (laughs) I haven't started it, really. It's fine. (laughs) I'm watching a lot of college basketball and baseball. Um, I've been on a movie kick recently. Hmm. So rewatched the Social Network. Rewatched oh, you know what Django. This reminded me of? You know what this what? reminded me of? I fucking totally forgot about Succession. I didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, you got to go finish Succession. It's been month. It's been a month since I I finished second ep- season and or did I get into the third? I can't do TV shows. I can do hard, a movie. Man. I just saw Batman. That was awesome. It was first first time being in a movie theater since I think I was a junior in college. Wow, how about that? I got invited to Batman the other day, and I said, "I said, you know what? I'm too tired. I'm tired. I don't want to watch a movie in a movie theater. (laughs) Just sit and watch." Thanks. Can I wear sweatpants? Yes, it's a movie. Remember when you were in like middle school and you would go on dates in middle school and you would have to wear jeans? I didn't go on dates in middle school. Did I go on dates in middle school? No, I did. Did I? Yeah. Date? Yeah, I had a girlfriend in eighth grade. So you went on, on dates, dates in middle school. I must have. Don't remember going on at physical dates, though. You probably went on, like, walks. Probably went on a few walks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete, this was good. This was a good mailbag. It's going to be us three for a wild whip around tomorrow. Uh, we will don't, save don't you the even, explanation. Yeah, don't even. Uh, tomorrow's episode is going to be fire. Tomorrow's it's episode gonna is going to be one of our best we've ever done. It's going to be a banger. Way to jinx it, asshole. Um, plug any socials you got. You already did it, but definitely get your Just Baseball merch in the episode description. The link is in there. Go check out Not Gambling Advice. Come on, people. I have another podcast, Not Gambling Advice. We're doing fantasy baseball and gambling stuff. Also, Arms Podcast, The Call-Up. We need to get you on something soon. And maybe we will. Yeah, I'll be doing uh, I mean, this show. Doing- is We're doing it currently. We're doing it currently. Uh, I will be doing something fun, and I will inform you guys when the time is right on that. So we will uh, we'll figure that out. It won't be associated with just baseball, but it'll be something to complement just baseball and help uh, help build us up. So that'll be that. With that, thank you.